Fuck me. Well, fuck me. Fuck me. Hello, foot nerds, and welcome to a weekend wildcard edition of the Foot Me podcast. I am your host, TJ, here to navigate you through the mid-level, mid-tier, and just plain old mid-version of Ultimate Team. Uh, Today, we are continuing our series as we look into Group C, or the third group of the FC Pro Open uh, that's happening every Monday. We have one more group next Monday, which we'll uh, talk about next week, but this week, was one that people were uh, pretty excited about and anticipating due to who was in the group. So we're going to take a look at who was in the group, what they uh, had to work with, um, how the patch kind of uh, impacted that, and any kind of just takeaways from presentation, a little bit of uh, you know personality stuff that happened this weekend compared to some of the other weekends. So with that being said, uh, let's get into um, our competitors. So again, uh, Five folks in the group. You had uh, Anders, uh, who everyone you know is always thinks is probably one of the top chances to to win anything that he participates in. Um, plays at a very high level. You had uh, Abumaka, Abumaka uh, which uh, also. Um, came in pretty good. You had Sean LDW, a little bit lesser known. You had Antonio, which was uh, Gabriel Antonio. Anyway, from um, he's a, a, the Italian. And then uh, the defending world champion, uh, Manu, who uh, was uh, also in this group. So a, a lot of folks were looking at that Anders and Monichinobri uh, matchup, which turned out to be the first game they played right off the top. I can't imagine that was an accident in the way that they decided to, to pair things up. And so um, that was the opening match that they ended up covering, and you can find on YouTube, and ended up uh, going to a, a draw. Uh, right off uh, the bat. So there were times in which both uh, seemed like they might have had an edge, but it ends up uh, kind of panning out. Post-game uh, interview, Anders was like, I'm probably okay with that, and then win the rest of them to try to get to you know that 10-point mark, which is what uh, so far has been the most that anybody's gotten out of um, these groups. So uh, that, of course, people were like, okay, Top two, draw, no big deal. We'll see how it goes. And for Anders, it went the way that you would think. He ended up uh, finishing with three wins and that draw. Now, of those, uh, his third game in particular against Ubumaker, um, Ubumaker, um probably should have been a draw or a loss. Uh, Shet came up big in that game, a little bit of goalkeeper movement, things like that. Anders was very animated um, in this particular matchup, and so that one could have very easily uh, gone a different direction. Instead, Anders ends up uh, on top of that one. So probably the more entertaining game to watch based on Anders' reaction and just uh, the back and forth and things along those lines. Um, Sean LDW uh, ended up doing going 1-1-2 one, one, and two with Antonio going 1-0-3, and three, putting 
Manichobri, who everybody was like, oh, is going to be one of the top two in the group, ended up drawing two games and losing two games. And, man, he had some real heartbreaker. Like, for those of us that play this game and get very frustrated, if you watch his games, you would absolutely, you know, feel that. And watching these pros who are playing against top-tier folks and, like, on a stage and everybody's watching them in terms of uh, that kind of pressure – Seeing how they're able to manage their emotions, sometimes it gets the best of them. I will say that in this particular group, you didn't see anybody that was as dejected or just kind of head down. That might have been uh, due to Manu having, you know, confidence of a world champion. So, you know, unlike Mark 11, who came in uh, in that week one and then got kind of down, that seemed to just kind of feed itself. Uh, Manu being able to uh, overcome that. So we'll see if his 0-2 and 2 performance sets him up for um, a resurgence and a chance to try to advance out of this group going in. Clearly, a few of these folks, um, you know, Abu uh, might have a little bit of a, you know, things are going well and I'm good to go. Maybe he gets uh, scattered a little bit more, things like that. And they're going to be playing in a, uh, I think this week was the most unique of all of their setups. So remember the first week it was, um, you got to pick one of the uh, Thunderstruck players. Um, the second week they got to pick one of the toxicity, toxic players, radioactive promo. And then this week I was like, and, and for those of you that listen to the other pod are like, oh, I wonder who they're going to pick out of this dynasty's promotion. If you ever wanted confirmation that EA has throwaway promotions and they know it, this week is it. Um, Now, they might have been planning this from the jump in terms of they wanted to mix things up, but the format for this week were icons only. You had to have an icon team. Right. And so it was a uh, $9 million budget uh, and they had to put that together. I think there was like a uh, 40 or 50,000 coin requirement in terms of your bench. So that prevents them from doing any bronze benching, things along those lines. Um, And unlike our other weeks, only one competitor this week had less than 33 cam. And I think he was on like 31, uh, which was uh, Sean LDW. Uh, Everybody else ended up with 33 cam just based on the icons and putting stuff in. Out of that, this has been the most diverse group of players that were chosen. Uh, Zambrata was in four of the five. You saw um, Sir Charlton. Uh, You saw Eusebio, who is the most expensive one out there for three mil. Michael and Czech were the two uh, keepers of choice. Uh, Blanc and Campbell uh, typically held down the midfields. Uh, Desai also showed up. But interesting enough, this was mentioned um, on the uh, presentation that uh, Campbell and Campbell-related defenses gave up the fewest goals based on uh, their, you know, going over the review of what what happened over the the Monday game. So um, that Campbell, which is not a cheap card, and as a center back was one of those areas where you see a lot of these pros sometimes kind of skimp a little bit, you know, and focus more on the attack, that that was uh, one of the areas that uh, those people that did end up using Campbell had a little bit more success. So we'll see if that changes the way people decide to draft 
moving forward. Um, uh, Sawa in the middle had some big moments. A number of folks uh, used her. I mean, if you've heard uh, for a, a number of the different podcasts, I know Japes is a big fan. Um, and that this was one of those cards that when you look at it, you're like, eh. And then when she gets in there and plays, you know, she's got that sticky trait. She is, you know, small and agile and effective and was, you know, dishing out assists as well as playing defense. So um, had some some pretty good mo moments. Uh, the Varong card, which folks were like, why is this card being chosen? It's like a 60K, 70K, you know, midfielder. There are better choices. He's got that uh, play style plus Travello, which showed its head in a number of matches and was a deciding factor um, with that. So if you're out there looking for um, a card to maybe stick in that the pros are using. Now, Verant was not widely used. It was just in a couple. Um, and so it probably depends on your particular squad and style. But that is one of those accessible, you know, icons that uh, that you can get. Man. I will say this um, had a little bit to do with the presentation, so I don't want to get too far into it. But uh, this week, as with all the other weeks, clearly the discussion of the FC Pro Live cards and how they're being affected, that uh, came into play and they mentioned it. But in the, they also talked about how these icons and a number of these icons could be accessible to put in your team. So, I mean, clearly who's watching this that doesn't play the game? no one uh so now maybe you're not as active maybe you enjoy watching more than that maybe you do more squad battles or pro clubs but odds are 90 percent of the people watching this are active participants in ultimate team and so them talking to it just like it's a stream watching them i think is a you know a smart move it engages in a particular way with that being said it also kind of limits the idea that you're like oh let's look at high level competition and instead it's still staying very niche so We'll see if they continue to do that, broaden it out, or if, uh, you know, this really is just aimed at the ultimate team crowd, which is still a sizable number. So, um, let, uh, let's see. Oh, um, icon being affordable and your teams and talking about those cards, I did think was, uh, you know, an interesting kind of pivot. You also saw some other things in presentation, which we'll, we'll talk about later. Now, of those teams, uh, granted, like I said, there wasn't, you know, Mbappe's on all five and things like that when you remove those. Um, and then also, I think Sean uh, was the one who had the most unique team, who had four players that he had in his squad that nobody else had, which included Beckham and Pettit and uh, a couple of others. You know, uh, Jorginho popped up uh, in a number of these. Clearly, the more high-end icons with a $9 million budget means that, you know, that's why this Eusebio being a third of their budget budgets was the most uh, expensive and popular striker when it came to just a, a high-end striker. Um, now, that kind of sets us up. We have icon on icon teams, 9 million or whatever. And so uh, I think we can now move on to uh, how did that end up playing out specifically with the patch. And also I want to talk a little bit about the format and just like, you know, is it fair? But first of all, um, I have mentioned in, uh, the podcast earlier in the week that I feel like finishing, I don't know if it was that survey we took where we're like, are goalies too OP and how do you feel about things? And we're like, yeah, goalies are OP. And so they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to slow down keeper movement and we're going to make finishing harder. And so now, uh, especially if you're shooting on, at least for me, if I'm shooting on a weak foot, it seems like that's just not 
as accurate as it was maybe just a week or two ago. Uh, a lot of woodwork shots, just a lot of things that you thought should be going in that are, are getting saved or just aren't on target. And, uh, you know, this is a unique esport in that frequently when a patch happens, they'll play on the pre-patch, i.e. a League of Legends or a Counter-Strike or things like that until they have some time to really work on it. EA is just like, you know, hey, this is the way it works. There's a patch. You're now playing on the patched game. And so uh, one thing that they mentioned in the broadcast as well is that this was the lowest scoring week. And if you go and look at some of the box scores and you just compare uh, the first few weeks, for example, Group A and Group B, um, you saw the top performers getting 22 goals, 21 goals, 18 goals, 19 goals. Now, week one, Group A had the most prolific. There was 22. Uh, uh, Ilmaz scored 22. Uma scored 21. Odago 19. Lucas, 12. Um, all the way down to Mark scoring, you know, nine, um, but giving up 25. So goal differential was, you know, kind of substantial there, ranging from a plus 11 to a minus 16. Group B went from a plus 13 down to a minus 13 uh, with, um, you know, four of the five scoring in, you know, double digits, upper double M, middle upper double digits. Group C, you had uh, Anders putting up 18 goals, Abu putting up 14, uh, Sean, Antonio, and Manu all putting up 11 to 12 um, and giving that up. The goal differential went from a plus 9 to a minus 2. There was a minus 11 on Antonio's. He had the one blowout a game against um, Anders there towards the end, which kind of screwed that up. But the thing that I think is pretty clear is that there was – an impact on finishing, not just for those of us that play out in the real world, uh, so to speak, but also for the pros that, uh, you know, is this a causation or correlation that there's a patch and now they're not scoring? I think there's also a, a subset impact here is that unlike the other weeks where they're playing with cards that they're probably familiar with, having to go all icon meant that these folks were playing with some cards that they probably weren't as familiar with. To be honest, I don't know how far in advance they know what their theme is. I was even trying to look ahead to the week four theme, and I haven't been able to, to see that yet as of Wednesday uh, when I'm you know putting this together. So uh, I, I assume they know well in advance and can kind of game plan that out and are thinking about it um, and getting a chance to play and test some of these folks out beforehand. But if not, that's definitely going to have an, an impact on, you know, your ability to finish and just kind of know you saw a lot of there, there. I would say there was a little bit more sloppy play this week. Was that because some of the midfielders or other areas because you're stuck with icons maybe aren't as uh, good as some other options? Who knows? Uh, we'll only time will tell and we'll see what they do on on the fourth one. But since everybody is playing the same one, there's that. But this does beg the question is this format fair? Now, we already knew that pros were a little bummed about the way you qualified for this and that if you didn't qualify, that your season was more or less over already at this point. And I know there's another qualifier going on right now that they're fighting through um, that would be at the end of this in February or whatever um, to try to qualify for the, the new version or any of the uh, the e-leagues that are you know going on uh, simultaneously. So, uh, 
my question though is like if if you make it to this point and then they're like and i get if you're a pro you're like you ought to be able to use anything but that's kind of like showing up to like a pro golf tournament being like okay you all can only use this brand of club now or you can only use your three five and seven iron or things like that well you know gimmicky you know is it interesting do we as a uh, viewing audience find that to be you know more variety which clearly is a concern ea has about people watching the pro game they want it to be distinct every week because if it looks the same over and over and over again they fear that people will not want to watch it'll be like oh it's the same old thing it's why preemptively they banned three and five at the back and then uh they are now proactively changing the format not well not form well, kind of format the draft who you can play with and what those teams are going to look like week after week after week which maybe limits some of that like there weren't as many uh cutbacks this week was that patch oriented was that player oriented you know a little bit different when you're rolling in there with a uh mbop and stuff like that versus uh you know what what they were playing with here so um i think them not being able to play with cards that they are as familiar with is definitely going to have an impact on quality of play at the same time these folks are all next level and so they can clearly kind of overcome that and you're not going to hear any of them use it as an excuse but I do think it'll be interesting to see how they decide to move forward with this format if there is um, some underlying, you know, rubble rubble that may be going about in terms of internally within the pros knowing like what do they think about this system and things like that. Because whenever you attribute like your your earnings, your livelihood, what you're committing into this, uh, then you want to make sure that that you are in the best situation possible. With that being said, almost all of them will tell you if you want to make money doing this you become a content creator so if you play as a pro a lot of that is you're competitive and you want to do that and you're at a kind of a a stage and you can kind of show off but then you become the world's best and then you parlay that off into a youtube slash twitch empire doctor uh disrespect or you know things along those lines so anyway um I don't know this if i if i run a poll which again i think like five or six of you answered uh last time in terms of how many rivals games you played i would be curious um in terms of uh you know how y'all feel is like is this format fair in that group a b c and d are all playing with different cards even though they're all playing against their particular group so it stays kind of limited within that so um but yeah, that was, uh, you know, kind of the patch you're noticing, like I said, not as many cutbacks, not as many headers. We know that crossing got nerfed, not just the whip cross, but I believe, uh, but the heading accuracy also got nerfed. So you weren't seeing nearly as many of those, uh, kind of getting put in the box. You will see a few like bad passes that got converted over that definitely, uh, impacted, uh, Manu in, uh, one of his last games, some of the, like, you know, one of the goals that he gave up is a goal that I would give up in, in champions or weekends or, well, not like I can qualify for weekend league here lately in rivals where you try to like, you know, have your keeper kind of chip it out slash, you know, just a nice air ball out to your far left. And instead they shoot it to the guy that's still in the box who is marked by an opponent who then takes it and passes it and then gets an easy goal. And so, um, you know, is that patch, is that people, you know, what's, what's going on there, but, uh, we've definitely seen them downgrade some of the areas that 
folks were using to score a lot, you know, in basic play. And we're noticing how that's impacting um, pro play because it can't, it's hard to imagine that there's not some level of correlation between making it harder to score, it feels, um, even though they, decreased pressure so it's easier to pass and get into that final third but then to put the biscuit in the basket that seems to be um, a a far larger hill to climb at this point so um anyway uh moving on from uh that i wanted to talk uh and kind of you know towards this our, our final third section today wanted to talk about the presentation and just the overall kind of feel uh for the 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 program you know we've watched we're now in the third week they're evolving and learning as uh they go they're bringing in new uh guests to you know offer commentary and to talk about things they've got a pretty standard format kind of rolled out they added a few elements this time they did some uh pre-production where they asked some of the players questions and then had those uh already keyed up so that they could then work in those and then show a little soundbite of him saying what they thought about this, that, or the other. So um, that was a good touch. I think the more we hear from the pros, the more that their personality gets to kind of shine through, which is challenging in a world where you're dealing with, you know, language barriers and stuff. They do an awesome job with translators, things like that. But of course, you don't quite get the the same impact uh, as if you were a native speaker. But aside from that, they are making more and more, you know, elements of that. They're doing the uh, the face cams as they're playing, um, and they're trying to keep track of the two games going on at once and showing certain goals with your your prime game, things like that. They're getting a little better there. Um, you know, they mentioned it and laughed about it a little bit, but they were playing around with some, like, when a goal scores music, they were using, like, some classical stuff they're clearly kind of having fun and still filling out what it exactly is that uh they're going to do and what does their style feel like and and what works and what doesn't and so kudos to them for continuing to to try and evolve and, and move forward so presentation wise you know that studio looks great they're getting a little bit of a better feel the more that they play around with each other commentating wise is going to also improve and so i think uh we're we're still seeing that and it will continue to elevate i would imagine when we get into like the playoffs and the finals there might be an all hands on deck and we'll see even more which could be too overcrowded but you know we'll we'll deal with that as um as it comes now Aside from that, you know, you can only show people on camera and do things without you, you need the personality to come through from them. And if you are a concentrating wet blanket, then there's not a lot to get out of that. Now, I've, I've mentioned this before, and I know this could actually sink me as well as, you know, provide a good analogy for what we're working on. But um, I uh, and during the pandemic and so forth, you know, there was a surge in competitive cornhole and the idea that, uh, you know, bags or whatever you want to call it, that's not as awkward, um, got popular and a few folks that were kind of good at it at the time. And they got, you know, relatively well known pretty quick, much like, you know, after Queens Gambit, chess kind of blew up and a few of those kind of notable chess personalities like on Twitch, they um, got a surge and, you know, we're, of course, with those ebbs uh, and flows, you know, I, mean, I guess that was a flow. Now we have ebbs. Anyway, um, 
that uh, you really does depend on and can relate to like, do you like that personality, things like that. It's something wrestling's known forever that the uh, acrobatics and stuff that we do has to be tied to a, you know, some kind of character and those elements, whether it's over the top or not, or how you feel about that, they understand that uh, getting people either for or against is really going to do it. Just like Rush Limbaugh back in the day, uh, a number of people listened to his show because they liked him and a whole bunch listened because they didn't like him. And so it's the same kind of deal, whether it's, you know, heels or, uh, you know, whether you want to have heroes, whatever it is that you kind of need, you, you need something like that. And of all the folks that we know uh, that play this game at a relatively high level, Anders is always kind of pointed out as one that just like, you know, he shows his emotions. He does not keep that kind of stuff in. He'll react. He'll get upset. He'll get frustrated and he'll show it to you. Um, and a matter of fact, a number of these games that he was winning, he was as, you know, it seemed like frustrated as much as anything. I don't really, you know, speak. Is it Norwegian? I, 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 I'm an, I guess I should, should know better, but either way I have, I could not, I, I couldn't understand. Now, some things were easy enough, sit down and gritty on and things like that, easy enough. And to be honest, am I that kind of player? I'm not. I, I skip celebrations. I'm not like in your face of like that because I've lost enough to know that I don't like it when people do it to me, even though I guess in theory that means that you should do it to other people because if it rattles me, then it probably rattles them and I should just be a stronger person. All those things, you know, whole nother podcast. Um, but without this kind of person or something, you, then you just have folks that are staring at a screen doing whatever. You need this energy. You need that. Now, do you need to say things like I'm the greatest ever, go Muhammad Ali style and try to really like poke and burn bridges and love him or hate him kind of a thing? Yeah, maybe so. Yes. Let's just say yes. I know League of Legends went through this. Now with that, you've got five person teams. And so having the ability for an individual to try to like, you know, take control of that or be the lead singer or the front man or person, whatever, like that's a little bit harder here though. I mean, it's one-on-one -on -one style. They got rid of the, the co-op stuff and the duos because, well, I don't, I'm sure they've got reasons and we can pontificate on that later. But the point is these are individual players that are able to kind of do different things. Now I will say the gamesmanship started early with Anders and that if you go and you look at the, um, at the, uh, the drafts, you'll see that his draft has Torres up top. And uh, he said it was a bluff and that he was just kind of kidding and well, you know, whatever. But as a competitor, like, again, I don't know how far in advance I see what everybody else is playing with. I don't know how much players incorporate those squads and what their opponents are going to do into their strategy. But um, although he had him as a starter and maybe there was some kind of behind the scenes thing and a discussion, like, I don't know who knows what it was the way Andy's like, Oh yeah, you'll see. He did not start Torres. He started, you know, uh, Essien. Now they mentioned multiple times that he subbed him on or at the very beginning, but it, 
Now it's hard because they usually start out on the kickoff. So it's quite possible that there was a pregame pause in which he does that. But even a pregame pause, it's not until the first dead ball that there's a substitution. And at those dead balls, I didn't notice substitutions. Now I'm not going to say definitively that he did not start Torres and was starting Essien. And that uh, his like draft was actually, you know, Essien was on the bench and that he flopped those. Uh, and that was a decision that he made maybe after he did the draft or whatever, got the okay that he could. Like, I, who knows? But I, I'm relatively sure he was starting Essien. And you add into that the way chemistry works, like it makes sense. Like if you were going to sub him in instantly, no chem boost, right? So uh, my guess is is that he was actually starting and he had reworked it or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's the way it was. No one said boo about it. I imagine if it was okay, EA's like, it's okay. And there were rumblings. It would have been behind the scenes and not something they would say. There might even be some, like, don't complain about gameplay. Don't do this. Don't do that. And even if it's not, you know, overt, it could be implied that, hey, if uh, EA is your boss uh, to a degree when it comes to this, you're, your best bet's probably not to, you know, tell them, you know, that the game sucks and things like that. So, um, and uh, also, you know, how many people want to want to hear about that? Everybody was playing the same game. They're on land, blah, 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 blah. So, but um, I guess uh, the other question would be like, you know, is that gamesmanship, you know, is that good, bad, or otherwise, you know, it adds a talking point. And the more you talk about something, the more you're you know, it's in the news, the more you're thinking about it, the more, um, you know, that's good. No such thing as bad publicity. So I don't know. It seems like it's a little shady, but at the end of the day, it seems like people were okay with it, at least overtly. Although it'll be interesting to see if anybody like, you know, says anything or things slips or something comes out about, you know, that as, as we move on, but who knows, we're not really much of a, uh, I guess a rumor kind of filled, um, you know, community compared to, to some others. Um, the other thing though, beyond once he starts getting to play, like he's one of the only ones that will play up to the camera. Like he knows it's, there. I mean, who, who can't know it's there. If you see the presentations, they've got those like ball cams that are just right next to him. And so it's, it's like, you know, the biggest webcam you you've ever seen. And so at a number of different times, you know, uh, he looks into the camera and makes faces at it, which I thought, you know, uh, that we need more of that. There needs to be more of that. Uh, You don't need to like, you know, celebrate on him or touchdown, but I do think showing that emotion or things like that. Clearly you see when people are dejected or they get upset and they pull their stuff off and things like that. But, you know, looking straight in the camera, you know, or like, I got you, I got you. Like that's, Interesting. Now they're right across from each other. So any vocal stuff that's happening, they're hearing as well. He got out of his seat a couple of times, things like that. And I just think we need more of that just to add to the oomph of what we've got going on. Granted, it's uber stressful. And from a coaching perspective, your whole thing would be like, don't do that. Stay calm, stay collected, keep your emotions in check. But at the same time, for just presentation and performance, you know, big energy and, you know, being bigger than life and kind of projecting yourself like those are good things. So this is one of those. That's why I like the great players in all kinds of sports that are able to do both of those things, you know, can really kind of transcend. There's a number that are really good at one or the other. Um, and then that ends up kind of pushing them. And so maybe a few more big personalities, um, maybe not as effective, which to go back to our cornhole thing, some of the early 
early big personalities, once the game got more competitive and folks started spending more time on it and things like that, those top performers from those years fell off as the next generation, newer kind of people that were spending more time, more on the data, things like that. But uh, most of those players put headphones in and are completely focused on the board and then, you know, blank out everything else. And that, you know, that, that's, I mean, people don't watch chess for a reason. I mean, well, there's probably multiple reasons, but you know, the, the idea of like, when you see bowlers and stuff, they're like, they're excited. And like, you know, your part of your sport is like revolves around drinking beer and stuff. So, you know, I just think that emotion and being able to find a way to combine that with still staying within the game, I think is important. I think players like Anders, you know, young, he's only going to keep kind of going forward. Now there's, you know, discussions about, you know, like I said, is, you know, does it have to do with how talented you are and things like clearly if you just have a personality and you're not very good at the game, then you podcast. Um, not that I have a personality, but the idea being that I think more energy, more character, more stuff like that uh, can only help. It's also a reason why like the duos are an interesting concept because that adds a bit of tension in some elements, who's a good teammate, who's not, oh, that team doesn't work well together, stuff like that, um, that would also kind of add in. Because now you have four personalities per game instead of one um, or two, duh, unless you're playing AI squad battles. And let's face it, the squad battles have no personality. So anyway, um, with and then, of course, with uh, with Anders, he did, you know, go through top one in the, the group barely. Um, and you wonder how much of that is, you know, people just worry that he's a machine. He can do those things. But if he is that and he's still able to, like, you know, get upset and things, then is he really a machine? So um, but all in all, I think, you know, individual player personality as a, a big part. And, you know, Anders, at least, you know, love him or hate him, at least does that. So, um so that in conjunction with the, you know, pre-roll stuff and some of those things and some of the production, I thought this was one of their uh, better produced, better like flow wise in terms of uh, that overall. Um, I do think the games were a little bit, you know, we like seeing goals. We like it when they're doing effective thing, you know, stuff like that. I, you know, there's just less of that in the current patch um, uh, by design, uh, less headers, less crosses, you know, cutbacks aren't necessarily as much of a thing and so then that ends up you know what you essentially have are either uh high press turnover goals which we saw a number of which i don't really like seeing in the pro game i mean i don't like seeing them in my game either because i'm not the one doing it it's happening to me um but uh you know not the kind of build up play and things like that that i think we really want to see pros do we don't want to see it degenerate down to just you know high press, turnover, get in the middle of the box, put one away. So with that in mind, I, I do think the patch uh, could have some unintended consequences in that way. Um, I'm sure they're going to tweak some things as they get to look at it. Um, as we speak, there's this giant server maintenance going on, which I don't know what that'll mean. And I'm sure after that, we'll have all kinds of tinfoil conspiracies about how gameplay feels better or worse or different or whatever the case may be. 
I don't know if this was announced a while back. It popped up last night on the Xbox. So um, maybe it was on Twitter, EA Direct Communication, and I should pay more attention to that stuff. But um, anyway, um, we'll we'll see where that goes. But I do think that uh, essentially covers up our Group C um, discussion as far as that goes. Again, Anders leading the way with Manu towards the bottom. Uh, every card that was affected in here, which was, uh, you know, Deli Ali, uh, and uh, I know Anders had that, uh, he has that center back that is actually, you know, has gotten the upgrade, but has not gotten, but no one's really buying. I don't think there's just a lot of Bundesliga out there. I know people are like, why aren't they buying this? I'm like, because no one's playing Bundesliga teams. But um, I guess with enough icons and stuff, you could, you know, shove that in. But um we also, uh, you know, so everybody, you know, between, I think it takes three points to get the actual first upgrade. So Manu uh, is a, a little short of that, but like the Chucky Lozano's of the world, stuff like that look like they're going to, you know, get, get their boost. So if you did some of those SPCs and things, there you go. But don't think there's necessarily a game changer amongst these four. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what happens you know next week we got group d so far every group has been different and had something kind of unique going on so be interested to see how uh group d plays out what format they end up using and then uh, you know how does the auto buy get you know do well this is the second week in a row where we've had the person that did not play into the group uh did not do uh, as well as uh, intended actually ended up at the bottom of the group although not completely you know, not you know, winless as in, you know, the group A, but, um, so it'd be interested to see like how our, uh, how, how that plays out, but all in all, I'd say worth the watch. If not the whole presentation, uh, go back and check out some of those games, especially, uh, Anders and Manu's game and, uh, Abu maker and Anders's game, uh, really kind of does that. I think Abu and Manu's game is also, you know, worth checking out. Um, but anyway, uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, and group C, we will uh, get back together and talk more about it again. Uh, these are on Monday. If you link your accounts, uh, and do the things on Twitch and claim all the things, you'll get a pack and some XP. Most of you probably don't need the XP and the pack will be terrible, but, uh, I do think that there are valuable takeaways from just watching it. So if you have a chance, uh, go back and check out a couple of those games, probably worth it. And if not, uh, if you watch on Monday, then you can, uh, you know, sit and listen to me uh, next week, decide whether or not I have any idea what I'm talking about. And if not, and you're like, I don't want to watch it, your words paint a picture that uh, keeps me from having to spend that kind of time. And now I feel like I was there, then I'm glad to provide that service. Either way, Thanks for uh, tuning in. I will uh, remind you, I got two quick announcements as we go out. One, uh, remember Extreme Rate. I just finally got my stuff uh, to do my uh, uh, upgrade modification for my uh, controller. So I'll be showing some pictures and things of that. Again, if you want to uh, make your controllers or you want to like add a little visual elements, things like that, they have it for you. That's at ExtremeRate.com. Uh, if you look up Extreme Rate, you'll be able to find it on Google. And then the second one, um, for those of you that follow me on Twitter at TJ underscore W-H-I-Z, uh, TJ underscore Wiz, um, you'll see that I posted and have pinned a uh, contest that will be taking entries from now until Christmas. Um, 
but essentially uh, I'm going to be giving away a two hour session with uh, Martin 88, who is my um, actual coach. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, it's the giving season. So I'm going to give that out. If you're interested in having a, a free session uh, with Martin, that's a, a two hour full on session like uh, I do on a, a weekly basis then uh, all you have to do is find me on Twitter, uh, follow, like, and then comment uh, what was an area of your game that you want to uh, work on or get better at. Um, and then that way I will take those and put them into random.org and one of you will get, uh, uh, I'll let you know, and you'll have uh, your chance to, to work with Martin for at least one session uh, on the house. And then if you enjoy it, you can continue. And if not, you then have that two hours that you can then relate back to for the rest of your your EAFC days but you know either way uh hope your uh holiday season is going well hope your EAFC is going well uh get those icon packs and all those things that you're having all the greatest pools and things along those lines and realize you know if you're watching FC pros play and you're like why on earth are they able to do that and I can't do anything or you know maybe you watch you're like oh that happens to me uh maybe you'll feel a little bit less well but me. <laughs>